Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals in the Morning on ESPN Honolulu. All right, good morning. Here's some top stories we're following. Uh, you heard about it earlier uh, last hour, is that the Oregon State and Washington State and the Mountain West are discussing a scheduling partnership. Yeah, the scheduling alliance where they will play for two years at least and hopefully headed towards a merger, as they say in the report as well. And every Mountain West current member will play seven other Mountain West schools and either Washington State or Oregon State for the next two years. So for Hawaii, they'll get one or the other, uh, one at home, maybe the next year on the road or vice versa, but that's how they're setting it up as of now. Wow, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Hawaii representation on Oregon State. I'm not sure about Washington State off the top of my head, but – a lot of a uh, lot of local brothers uh, playing for the Beavers, so they'll be happy about that. And Oregon State, a really good team this year. They've had a sure. great season. Where Washington State has kind of fallen off the map, but uh, I think they're also going to be paying money uh, to that will be distributed amongst the members. I would imagine Hawaii would share in that, unlike the TV revenue, and that's a big selling point. And if they try to poach any members to get them to go to the Pac-2 and join a conference that way, they will face a stiff financial penalty if they try to do that. So basically, <laughs> it's a two-year test period, maybe, and then it hopefully will become official. They say they are trending a long-term intent for a merger between the Mountain West and the Pac-2, as they might be known in the near future. Yeah, they, uh, you know, so, sometimes those stiff financial penalties don't really deter people from doing what they want. Uh, I don't know how much money Washington State actually has, but, you know. All right, uh, we'll uh, get into that more coming up. It's game day for the Rainbow Warrior basketball team. Yeah, quick turnaround from the Hilo victory on Tuesday. They get Niagara out of the MAC, M-A-A-C, uh, in the East Coast. Niagara is 0-2 right now. They lost to Notre Dame by 7, so... Even though they're not picked to finish that high in their conference in one of the Lindy's or Athlon magazine, uh, showing that they can compete with Notre Dame on the road, I think, showed that they're going to be a formidable opponent. All right, uh, let's see here. It's a senior weekend for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team game day eve for the ladies and so much at stake you see san diego tomorrow of course long beach state on saturday we'll have another pair of tickets to give out later in the show for senior night and right now hawaii in a three-way tie with long beach state and cal poly for second third and fourth place so yeah, yeah. there's a lot at stake uh, i don't i still that can't get used to that and i don't like getting used to we we could be in fourth place <laughs> in the big west come on uh, hey, we got a lot of high school football headed our way. The semis coming up. Campbell and Mililani, Punahou, Kahuku, 
Uh, that happens tomorrow in the open uh, semifinals. Yeah, we'll have both games on CBS 1500 starting at 5 p.m. We had Sterling Cavallo, Kahuku's head coach, on last hour. And, you know, he's obviously motivated like the team is, saying it was no fluke. It was more a testament to Mililani loss he was talking about in the OIA championship that shows how many great football teams are in this state. Uh, Kaimanar Cavallo, their all-purpose player, was not at 100% in that game, and he credited Mililani for not for, for taking him out, basically, of what he wanted to do. But he's basically ready now with that two-week gap. He should be ready to go tomorrow, and he's a difference maker, of course. Yeah, but, you know, for Punahou, before we were saying, I mean, can anybody touch Kahuku? Is this a battle for second place? Well, Mililani showed that uh, Kahuku is only human, and Punahou is littered with talent. On that football team, from the defensive line to the quarterback to everybody else, it's going to be a it's going to be a great uh, great matchup. I can't wait for that. Okay, lots going on here on National Fast Food Day with the sports animals. Let's get back to this whole um, this whole Oregon State Washington State deal. So what they're doing is they're saying, hey, for the next couple of years, we're going to work out a scheduling arrangement with you guys, and if you let us play you. So every team has to play. How does this work? I mean, it seems like every school in the Mountain West currently will play one of those schools for the next two years. Oh, one of the schools for the next two years. Okay, I was thinking they're playing them every year, and it's like, okay, well, how many games are you going to play? 23 games? Well, it'll be 12. It'll be 12 for each school. For the Mountain West right now, well, the Oregon State and Washington State will have 12 games against Mountain West members the next two years. Right, the next two years. So six, six games a year against Mountain West Conference guys. Now, usually the Pac-12 does that anyway. No, 12. 12 games, not six. Each Six each year. Every, you said 12 over the next two years. They'll, they'll each year it'll be 12. They'll play every member once. They'll play one, every, one member once. So they'll have 12 games each year. Oh, each year. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Each year. Yeah. So they're going to play every one of their games against each other? Or it's like they're in the Mountain West Conference then, I guess. Again, except for being ready or a full-fledged member, so they're not going to be qualified for a Mountain West Championship. It's just a scheduling alliance. I compare it with Notre Dame and the ACC. Notre Dame in football plays, I think, five or six ACC games a year, but they're not eligible for the ACC Championship. They don't want to be in a way. They want to be getting into playoffs the other way as an independent. Other sports, they're a full-fledged member. But for football, they just automatically, because of the contract and agreement, play the ACC. And that's what Oregon State and Washington State will do. So it's not a merger yet, almost like a trial run or a test run almost. Maybe it's uh, we'll play with you the next two years uh, until we collect as much money as we can, and then we'll think about joining you guys or you guys joining us. Well, that's the other part of the provision in this thing is that there will be a financial penalty, as I mentioned earlier, if they try to poach some of the Mountain West schools to join the Pac-2 and form a bigger Pac-10 or whatever conference. Well, okay, so wouldn't it be in the best interest of the Mountain West to just go over and be in the Pac-12? I guess not. That's why they're including this. No, 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 for the Mountain West. Yeah. I'm not saying for the Pac-12. I'm saying for the Mountain West. No, I guess not because they have that in the agreement that there's a financial Who has it in the agreement? Who wrote the agreement? Uh, Both conferences have this agreement. Right, right. So what I'm getting at, Gary, is – it would be better for the Mountain West to say, hey, you know what? We're coming on over and joining the Pac-12. The Pac-12, which they're still called, is saying, no, 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 no. Hold on. We're going to you know, schedule this thing for a couple of years. 
I don't know. I'm not sure how it would be better for the Mountain West to be part of the Pac-12. I think maybe maybe because of bowl affiliations. I mean, I don't know what their bowl affiliations are going to be. You know, uh, after this year, I don't know, you know, where does the Rose Bowl go? Where do all of these bowls go that they're tied into? Bigger money bowls, uh, better television contract, right? I mean, even though whatever their contract is was disappointing to them, it's better than what the Mountain West Conference has. There's probably a lot more just the prestige of playing in something called a Power Five Conference than a Group of Five Conference. Now, who knows? Maybe they're not going to be considered a Power Five Conference anymore. Right. As of today, November 16th, 2023, it's a, uh, it's a Power Five Conference. But that's with the 12 teams that are currently right. in it. It won't be next year. It won't be considered a Power Five Conference. So I, I could see it going either way as far as Mountain West or Pac-12, but it's in the agreement. It seems like the Mountain West wanted it because they're going to force them to pay a penalty if they do try to get these teams to leave. They want to remain the Mountain West. That's a you know, and that's that's a pretty strong statement. If that uh, you know, if that is the case, you know, because the the Oregon State and Washington State can reach out to anybody they want. And when you're talking about building a conference, they can go out and get Rutgers. I mean, I'm just off the top of my head. Uh, they can get anybody they want, not just picking and choosing teams from the Mountain West Conference. I disagree. I don't think they can get anybody they want. But who could they get? Who's going to want to go to those two? Those two places in the in the Pac-12 aren't very desirable. They're you know what? I'm sorry. Markets. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean anyone they want. The, Notre Dame's not going to join them. I get it. But I don't know who's but out they there. They can go. They can go to other group of five teams in the Sun Belt or the Big Sky. Or something like that and say, hey, want to come on and join us? We're called the Pac-12. We'll, we'll build the Pac-12 again with you. If they go to Montana and Montana State, if they're going to expand their conference, what I'm getting at is they don't only have to choose from the Mountain West Conference. I don't think they have a lot of options. And, again, Oregon State and Washington State is not going to mean more if other group of five schools join them to be the Pac-10 or whatever it might be in the future. It's not as prestigious. It's not the same thing at all. They won't get the same TV contract as the right. Pac-12 got. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is you're saying the Mountain West is going to heavily penalize them if they poach from the Mountain West Conference. Yeah. Well, then they'll they, if they want to build their conference, they can just go somewhere else. They don't need the Mountain West Conference is what I'm saying. Where are they going to go? That's the point. They, they were exploring options for the last few months. It seems sure. like nobody wanted them as far as the Power Five. Maybe I don't know what the discussions were at the table, and I'm not saying Power Five. They're not going to get. They're not going to have Power Five teams join. But the group of the Mountain West makes sense for them. It's less. It sure does. That's what I say too. But for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense to them, the people who are behind closed doors. So if they wanted to build something out in the West, I don't know what Montana and Montana State are a part of. Uh, you know, maybe you build it that way. I don't know. I well, mean, the, the teams are better. Thing. I mean, it's better. You're better off getting somebody like Boise State, San Diego State, even though they're having a down year, UNLV. I mean, all of these teams that were discussed before. Maybe it just shows that Oregon State and Washington State don't have as much power as they thought they did. Let's go to the phones and say hi to John at 808-296-1420. Hi, John. How's it going? Hey, about your point of joining the Pac-12 um, instead of the, them coming to the Mountain West. I'm thinking in other parts of the country, the name recognition uh, for the, the Pac-12 is would be stronger than uh, 
like the Mountain West. We live here and we know the Mountain West, but what, how many guys in like Ohio know what the Mountain West is? That's kind of what I was thinking, and part of it, and thank you for the call. You make a good point. It's kind of what I was thinking, and maybe I'm just too, I'm more of a romantic on this than anything else because we've always wanted to be in the Pac-10 <laughs> than the Pac-12, right? Yeah. Someday, here's what we need to do. Get a connection to Japan. We've been talking about it for 20 years. True. However... Uh, the Pac-12 is not all that it's cracked up. To, is not what it used to be. But I guess in my old mind, I'm thinking, you would, I don't want to be in the Mountain West if I can be in the Pac-12. I think that's where I'm coming from. I think a lot of people are here. I would think that way normally, but the we all, people who look at the situation know the Pac-12 is not the Pac-12 anymore. So you're not joining a prestigious conference. The name recognition doesn't mean as much now because of the schools involved. You lost everybody of significance, every right, school. But, but what John said, just it makes sense what John said, uh, being in the Pac-12, if you took all the teams in the Mountain West and called to the Pac-12, it would be more prestigious than it would if you were called the Mountain West Conference. Totally agree with that. Uh, our number is 808-296-1420. Timmy Chang is going to join us in about an hour. like to see what his thoughts are on this. Yeah, again, breaking news coming out, and we'll talk Wyoming football in a little bit. We'll get some of their thoughts from one of their beat writers, Ryan Thorburn, coming up in a little bit. But, I, again, I think it was kind of expected, and one of the things I also mentioned when you wonder about the scheduling, as I mentioned, every Mountain West current school will play seven games against current members and one against the two new ones for the next two years, is that they've been working on these models, several models, for the last two-plus months. So it's not like they hear this today and are going to start from scratch trying to get a schedule, because that's got to be difficult. This is kind of rather short notice to get a schedule together. They've already worked on models, and again, what we're hearing is the 7 plus 1 is the model they're going to go with. Okay. The, uh, there's an um, article that breaks it down a little bit better than uh, some of the other ones at cbssports.com. So the Mountain West is going to get um, pretty good compensation for this. Did you see that part yeah, on yeah. Twitter? Yeah, said that earlier. Yes, yes. So they let the audience know it's $4 million per year. Oregon State and Washington State, they get more than $20 million in television payouts from the Pac-12. Now, the problem is... That contract ends at the end of 2023. Uh, the Mountain West deal is up in 2025. That's why this is a scheduling. Um, that's why they haven't joined conferences right now. That's why it makes sense to just have a scheduling partnership. And then, um, you know, like you said earlier, be on their way to maybe merging in 2026. It's 70, uh, 716 here. We're the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. want to remind you that HCAMP, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, reminds parents, coaches, and athletes to learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. We'll be right back with uh, Ryan Thorburn talking Wyoming football. Good morning. Sounds it's like going to be windy again today. Uh, I won't be wearing my short skirt outside, or I'll, we- I'll be wearing my gym pants underneath. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Ryan Thorburn joining us now. Let's talk some Wyoming football. Uh, you can catch his work at the Casper Star Tribune. Good morning, Ryan. 
Ryan, are He's you there? A strong, silent type. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Okay, good to talk to you. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. And uh, I guess we'll start off with what Chris was kind of alluding to with the weather here in Honolulu. What is the expected weather in Laramie at 12 noon Wyoming time on Saturday? Actually, for Laramie, it's supposed to be pretty nice, you know, in the 50s. A little breezy today. I'd imagine it'll be breezy tomorrow afternoon, but uh, no snow or anything like that. It'll be uh, a nice fall day in Laradice, as they call it here. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, weather won't be a, a factor for the Hawaii football team. And you know, for Wyoming football, they're six and zero at home. Such a different team, it seems, at home. Is it more than just the altitude? I know that's obviously a concern for every team coming in. But the games I have watched with them, they've looked really, really strong, including I think the Fresno State game a month ago. Yeah, it's an extreme Jekyll and Hyde situation for this team. They're so confident and good at home. It started out with a double overtime win over Texas Tech. Uh, When Texas Tech was at full strength, that was a great win for Wyoming and really set the tone for a great home season. They stole a game from Appalachian State in dramatic fashion, and obviously uh, they beat Fresno State, you know, at the midpoint of the season. It looked like they were in contention. So they just have a great energy here, and on the road they fall flat, and that's why they're not going to be in the Mountain West Championship. It's just because they can't get it done on the road, and it's really a sense of frustration around here because uh, they were in position to do it. Everything they needed to happen happened last week, including you know Hawaii kind of putting a dent in Air Force's uh, late season push here. But you know they lost to UNLV, and now. Uh, UNLV is in that position to be the surprise winner of this league. We're talking Wyoming football with Ryan Thorburn from the Casper Star Journal, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. I saw something earlier today from another writer in Wyoming talking about Craig Bowl and the fact that they haven't gotten to a championship game in the past seven years, and maybe there's some decisions to be made by their athletic director. Is he at all on the hot seat? Well, he's not on the hot seat. Uh, Craig Bowl would not not be fired by Wyoming unless. You know, something egregious happened, uh, you know, if he hired Connor Stallions or something like that. But, um, you know, he the, the issue is he has one year left on his contract, you know, through 2024. Um, my guess is he plans to, you know, honor that contract. He's not going to leave two million bucks on the table. So the big question is, does he want to have that extended and keep his run going? Is it a last hurrah? Um, like I said, he's not going to be fired. It's just a, a sense of getting, you know, some stability. You know, I know ADs don't like to have a guy on a one-year deal because of recruiting and all that with the portal. You want stability. So it's really up to Craig Bull and Tom Berman. Like, how long does he want to do this? We, that's the voice of Ryan Thorburn from the Casper Star Tribune with the animals here this morning on ESPN Honolulu. Of course, the Paniolo Trophy is at stake for both teams this Saturday. Both teams would love to have that, of course. When you look at Wyoming, though, also, Ryan, the fact that they can't compete for a championship, but they are bowl eligible, what else are they playing for these last two games? Yeah, you guys probably remember two years ago, they uh, really laid an egg against Hawaii on senior day. It was kind of a a strange senior day with the portal. They didn't know whether to introduce guys like Chad Muma, and they didn't introduce him, even though it was clear he was going to the NFL. Guys like that were not introduced because they had eligibility remaining. This year, I just think this senior class has a better vibe. Uh, they will be introduced even if they have eligibility. So I think they're just playing for these seniors because they've had a lot of guys go through a lot of stuff here. 
and really a lot of their best players are seniors. So they're hoping that carries the day here and there's not a letdown after the UNLV game like there was two years ago. And one of those seniors, their quarterback, he's a grad student right now, Andrew Peasley, not only a good passer, but he's one of their leading rushers as well. Yeah, he led the team in rushing at UNLV and uh, had a nice 32-yard touchdown run there. He's a very good dual-threat quarterback. Now, he hasn't elevated them to where they want to get to. You know, he's thrown seven interceptions, but he really is a tough player, and uh, he's done much better this year in this system. But Wyoming still, that's the other issue with Craig Bull. Everything about Craig Bull, the fan base loves, the running game, the defense, going to a bowl almost every year. But the passing game is still uh, much to be desired. They're 126 in passing yards and 100th in scoring this year, even though Peasley has taken a step up. And you mentioned the running game. Uh, another one of their running backs, hopefully we don't hear too much about on Saturday, Harrison Whaley. Uh, he's doing a really good job getting closer to 1,000 yards with 740 right now. Yeah, and he's missed, you know, um, three full games due to injury and was in the doghouse last week, suspended for a quarter at UNLV. So despite all that, he's, uh, you know, pretty productive. When he went in the portal from Northern Illinois, they jumped right on him. They, they really love his uh, home run ability. He's been quiet lately, so you're right. Uh, Hawaii's going to have to keep him quiet because uh, when Whaley breaks a big one, they, they usually roll. And he's averaging over 100 yards per game, so that is kind of scary right there. It looks like when I look at their wide receivers, you've got three wide receivers that kind of share the load and have been all equally effective. Yeah, Wyatt Wheeland uh, is one of those seniors. And, you know, Ayer Asante is a, a grad transfer they got from Holy Cross that is kind of their over-the-top guy. He only has 14 catches, but I believe he has uh, six touchdowns. So that's a guy that, that, you know, Cam Stone and the guys are going to have to keep an eye on. Um, but, yeah, the passing game is more spreaded around. I think they've had 18 different players catch a pass. Uh, it's not like Hawaii's where they lean on the passing game, but certainly, um, you know, there's a lot of guys you have to keep an eye on. Their tight ends are really their most talented pass catchers, Trayton Welch and John Michael Gillenborg. And, uh, you know, that, that's probably a matchup Wyoming's looking at in this game. You mentioned how Craig Bowl really loves the running game. When I look at the breakdown of yards this year, it's almost 50-50 with passing and rushing yard. Do you expect kind of a mixture of that or a balance like that on Saturday? Yeah, I think they need to get Whaley going a little bit more, and uh, I think it'll start there. But, yeah, it's, it's a balance. Um, you know, Peasley's been more efficient this year, but he's still under 60% passing. So, yeah, I think they're going to lean on the, the running game and then, uh, you know, go with the play action because, you know, UNLV did a really good job of stopping both. So, you know, the whole offense needs to get it going somehow against Hawaii. Craig Ball, I'm sure, talked this week about the University of Hawaii now with a two-game winning streak. What were his thoughts and your thoughts as well on this upcoming game and the opponent in Hawaii? Well, I think he, he knows that, that Shager has a, a really strong arm, and obviously, you know, he has a lot of respect for Timmy Chang, and, and he's actually excited that Hawaii is running you know, the offense that made them famous, uh, maybe not excited on Saturday, but in general, <laughs> uh, w once they get that going, you know, it'd be great for the Mountain West if Hawaii could return uh, to those Timmy Chang uh, glory days. So I think there's a lot of respect there. And, uh, you know, Wyoming's secondary, the cornerbacks have been a little bit inconsistent. So there's definitely an opportunity there for Hawaii to move the chains and score points. 
Uh, I just think they need to avoid, you know, what happened to Colorado State here with their spread. Um, their young quarterback made a couple mistakes trying to fit it into the tight end, and Wyoming had two linebacker interceptions that flipped that game. So, uh, you know, if Shager can take care of the ball and be productive, I think Hawaii's got a great chance to win the game. We like hearing that. Hey, before we let you go, Ryan, I, I, I would imagine you heard the news a few hours ago about the uh, two-year scheduling alliance between Oregon State, Washington State, and the Mountain West. What was your reaction hearing about this? Well, I'm sure Wyoming and Hawaii are in the same position that uh, if they're going to do this alliance, all the teams need to be included in whatever happens in a year from now or two years from now. It can't be a situation where the Mountain West agrees to help out those two Pac-2 schools and then they get all that money and decide to pick off whatever Mountain West schools they want. I mean, if you're Gloria Navarez, you're in a position of strength, but you have to make sure all 12 teams are on board, like we're going to help Oregon State and Washington State out, and then eventually that's going to lead to a merger, whether you're called the Pac-14 or the Mountain West, whatever. But uh, Wyoming AD and fans are just nervous about that other scenario where the Pac-2 wins these lawsuits and gets all that money and picks off San Diego State, Boise State, you know, whatever teams they view as more attractive than the others and have a smaller Pac-8 or something like that. We'll continue to follow that story, of course, and we all are looking forward to Saturday's game. 9 a.m. kickoff, Hawaii time. The Paniolo Trophy will be there, and one of these teams will walk away with it. Ryan, thanks again for joining us and talking Wyoming football. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. Ryan Thorburn from the Casper Star Tribune joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. All right, and uh, you guys, let's see. It's uh, Wyoming on the road, 9 o'clock kickoff. Countdown to kickoff starts at 7 o'clock. Where do we go? Windward Mall for this Saturday. Brought to you by Modelo Especial. You know, the, the, when you're talking about this agreement, you know, not to pick anybody off from the Mountain West Conference, I don't know what the agreement looks like, and it sounds like it's not even done yet. It's They're still working on, and the writers are saying they think it's going to be a 7-plus-1 schedule deal. Meaning you're, you know, they're going to play. The Mountain West teams are going to play seven uh, conference guys and one of these teams, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's not even a done deal yet. But it seems like the most, the smartest way to go. After two years, after 2025, is everything up is up for grabs, right? Mountain West TV contracts done. The um, um, Pac-12 co- uh, deal is done. Actually, after this year. Who knows if anyone's going to make any kind of deal with them coming up, uh, you know, at least for two years with just two teams in your conference. So the question is, are they going to go to an airport in Denver in 2025? <laughs> or are they already in an airport in Denver now saying, hey, uh, in two years from now, Boise, San Diego State, UNLV, Fresno State, uh, a few of these guys, we're all going to hop over, so get ready. We're all going to hop over to the Pac-12. That's the scary part. Yeah. Leaving guys like Wyoming and Hawaii holding the bag, you know? It is possible, but again, according to the reports, they would be paying a penalty if they go. The after. After 2025. Okay. We don't know what the agreement mm, is. That's, good that's point. the whole. Yeah. That's the whole conversation here, is what's going to happen two years down the road. Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's get into that a little bit more. 
folks, you can text at 808-296-1420. I want to look at the going back and looking at how Craig Bull would never be fired. I want to discuss that a little bit, looking back at, at some of the uh, coaches they've had in Laramie. That and more coming up with the sports animals and the volleyball tickets for you to win. Don't forget Timmy Chang in the 8 o'clock hour on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, if you're looking to be stylish on this windy day, you can upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. Hope you're having a great morning. It's going to be, uh, well, depending who you look at, uh, you know, some services say it's mostly cloudy today. Others say it's mostly sunny. Let's just say in between. Partly cloudy today. It's going to be windy uh, as the winds start to die down. Mostly sunny tomorrow. And uh, more rain coming up maybe this weekend. Yeah, it's been a little wet the last couple of days. I know some areas could use it, so that's okay. All right. It's uh, National Fast Food Day. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the first fast food restaurant, actually, can be traced to Wichita, Kansas. Guy turned an old streetcar into a burger stand. It's probably the first lunch wagon. That eventually became the first White Castle in 1921. White Castle, yeah. All right. Uh, D's on the line at 808-296-1420. Hi, D. Good morning, gentlemen. Hi. Uh, I think it's really important that these, this agreement um, ensures that Hawaii and you know, things like Wyoming stay in this conference. If not, if it's a matter of going to the Pac-2, I think Hawaii and things like Wyoming are going to be the odd men left out. And I can't see Hawaii surviving you know, independently or joining some other conference. So I think it's really important for Hawaii to, to keep the agreement the way it is. Right. That's what we were kind of alluding to earlier. Uh, and that's why, I mean, nothing's going to happen in the next couple of years. But, uh, you know, I'd love to get, uh, hear what Craig Angeles has, uh, what his thoughts are on this, because I'm sure he's involved, uh, unless it's David Lassner in this. I'm not sure uh, on this whole uh, agreement. But thank you for calling and thank you for listening, D. You I mean, make a great point. A couple of other schools might be left out. Now, teams right now in a, in a position of strength, of course, UNLV. UNLV with your, uh, you know, with their, re- not just their record, but the um, the size of the town they're in. I mean, it's the entertainment capital of the world, the facilities, and so much more with UNLV. Fresno State and San Diego State because of the histories of their programs. Boise State, well, they used to be a national brand. People might be saying, oh, you know, uh, people that really don't know football are saying, why are you fire your coach now? You could be headed to a bowl game. I was just teasing you, Gary. But yes. what they're doing is they're looking at big picture. What they're doing, and I've heard this on other radio shows. Why are you firing the guy now? Why fire a guy so soon? You want to fire the guy because you're looking at big picture. The uh, There are going to be many Mountain West Conference championships to be won. You want to get rid of this guy and start your search for a new coach right now yeah, but and get the first – hold on. 
and to get your first pick of guys out there. Maybe you're after, uh, I was going to say Jumbo. Maybe you're after Jimbo Fisher. Maybe, you know, there's other guys out there that you want to get a, you, you want to get a, a kind of a lead on. I think it's horrible to do that. You what did that say to your players and your fans that you're giving up on the season, so to speak, oh, of your yeah. chances to play for a yeah. championship? College institutions now are so concerned about the players and the fans. Yeah. You said it yourself. It's all about money. It is. Don't, but you can't have it both ways. This, Dick, man. this isn't about money. The firing of the coach. It costs sure more it money. Is. What they're doing is they want it. They want. They want the. They want to be Boise State again. They want to be what Hawaii volleyball used to be in the Big West. And how does firing a coach now as opposed to a month from now do that? I just explained it. Are you following it along with the though. show? That's, that's not, that's sure not, it doesn't. Sure it does. No, no. Sure it does. It gives you, 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 have a, you have a jump on getting your next head coach before everybody else in the country except maybe Texas A&M. You do it. You have that advantage, but you're giving it. You have something to play for. Nobody does that when you have something to play for. You do it when your season is down the drain. That's yeah. when you do it. Nobody fires a coach when you have a chance like this. Yeah, and and Nebraska fired. Uh, what was their coach? They Scott fired Frost. with a nine and two record. I mean, that was why after do you the fire... season. That was after the season. Right, but why well, do you fire a, chance... a coach with that? Who because, knows? Because why... Nebraska is used to then with Frank Solich was there. Yes. they were used to winning championship. They yes, were used to yes. But yeah, yeah. They, that, that's when that you stop year, talking. That year, they they, are, let me finish. That Boise year, they State, didn't have a chance. <laughs> Boise State is used to clobbering everybody. Boise State is used to being, uh, you know, a, a shoe-in for the title halfway through the season. But they have a chance this year. In Nebraska, they didn't have a chance to play for the Big 12 They're not interested in chances. Yes, They're not yes, interested yes, sure in that. They are. Nebraska, interest- sure, they love to win. I'm talking about and, Boise State. Well, Boise, Boise State, State, I'm sure they're interested in championships. Boise State, Boise State is interested in dominating. They're interested in being a national uh, the, a national brand like they used to be. That's what they're interested in. Giving up on the, the season, so to speak, by doing this, that's an awful message. Awful. All right, we'll have to agree to disagree because we could go on forever, and that's kind of boring. Tiff Wells on Rainbow Wahine Volleyball joins us next on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, you can catch UH football at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack opening up bright and early uh, Saturday morning. Heineken's. Just five bucks, and uh, check it out. You're going to love the food. If you haven't been to Dixie Grill in a while, it's an awesome place. It's a party place. Great. Plenty of free parking as well. It's your home for football and southern hospitality mixed in one. Dixie Grill, barbecue and crab shack. Go Bows! Tiff Wells joins us now on ESPN Honolulu's Talk Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. Is this also brought to you by BMW of Honolulu? Hey, Tiff, how's it going? I'm good, Chris. Hi, Gary. Good morning, guys. Right on. Good morning. And, uh, boy, a lot of excitement for volleyball this weekend. Before we talk about tomorrow and Saturday, just want to get your overall thoughts of last weekend. Overall, pretty impressive, especially against an Irvine Irvine team that beat Santa Barbara a few weeks earlier. And Hawaii did a good job against them. I thought they did a good job all weekend. 
I think so, and I, I think for what Hawaii was able to do, going into a different facility didn't let that phase them when they went into Crawford as opposed to playing in uh, the big old Brand Event Center. And I think for coming away with a 3-0 win, it's always nice to get a win on the road, get in, get out, and Hawaii started off a little bit slow against Fullerton. I mean, you look at the record, they only had one win on the season, and that has also come in conference play, or it hasn't come in conference play, it just came, came in the regular season. You kind of expect to take a foot off the gas just a little bit just because of how how Fullerton has been playing this season. But Hawaii is able to do just enough to come away with a 2-0 record for the weekend on the road and, and prep themselves for a very big and very important homestand this week. Yeah, and let's talk about that right now. They are in a three-way tie for second, third, and fourth, you could say, with Long Beach State and Cal Poly. Now that we're at the last weekend, uh, can you give us the scenarios, I guess, if they either split or sweep? I don't think they're going to lose to San Diego, even though it's always a possibility. But if they are to are able to sweep and beat Long Beach State especially, do you think they still have a chance at second place in that bye? Well, Hawaii controls their own destiny, and if Hawaii's able to beat UC San Diego on Friday and beat Long Beach State on Saturday, Hawaii would be the two. Basically, oh. Hawaii wins both matches and they get the two seed, just because of how uh, also Long Beach State beat UC San Diego uh, this past week, early in the week as well. So Long Beach State has one match to go. UC San Diego also has a match to go. So currently, Long Beach is in second, a half game ahead of Hawaii. And even with the beach holding the tiebreaker right now, Hawaii if they went out, they would be the two seed. Then if, if things become a little bit tricky in terms of ties and whatnot, you go from head-to-head to the record against uh, the top of the standings in the conference until you can break a tie down. And then if it gets to that third tiebreaker, it's how did you do in the conference in terms of overall sets won and overall sets lost. So hopefully it doesn't have to come down to that third tiebreaker. It can get a little tricky uh, mathematically. But again, Hawaii controls its own destiny if they win both. They are the two, and they would get the buy until Friday in the semifinal round. All right. Tiff Wells uh, breaking it down for us here on ESPN Honolulu on game day eve. Would that also, if they finish in second or third, would that keep them out of Santa Barbara's bracket, so to speak, until the championship? It more than likely would. I mean, you have the you have the three versus six, and you have the four versus five in, in, the, in, the, in the quarterfinal round uh, on Wednesday, and then as far as I know, if Hawaii was the two, they would avoid Santa Barbara until the final on Saturday. Out of the three of us, Tiff, you're the only one that has seen Long Beach State in person. They are coming here Saturday. How would you compare them with both Cal Poly and Santa Barbara and talking about maybe their strengths? I think you look at Long Beach, and I would more than compare them to a Santa Barbara. It's a team that likes to go as quick as possible to the pins. They have been hit by the injury bug, and, and one of those players that may or may not be on the floor on Saturday was one of the was Natalie Glenn, their opposite hitter. Uh, you might remember her father, the late Terry Glenn, the 13-year NFL uh, wide receiver back in the day. Uh, she's been not medically cleared for participation the last couple of weeks and did not play in the match uh, against UC San Diego earlier in the week. And, and, and her offense, but also her serving, it's a lefty spin serve that gave Hawaii fit uh, in the Walter Pyramid uh, when these two teams played back in September. So I think for, for Long Beach, it's, we don't know exactly who's going to be in the starting lineup. They've had a lot of issues with with players being in and out of the lineup, a lot of players that are injured, a couple have been out, have been ruled out for the rest of the season, which is unfortunate for them. 
but I think when you could try to compare them to another Big West Conference team, I would more so label them offensively with how quick UC Santa Barbara likes to run their offense. Definitely going to be a challenge. It's also senior night, of course, yes. on Saturday night. Six seniors will be honored. Your thoughts and maybe your description of how the senior class has performed overall. Performed overall, I, th- I think for what they've been able to do, and you look at like an Amber, IGD, Roddy Wagner, both came in, and the one year after they started playing, they hit COVID. And they could have had an opportunity to maybe leave the program. And, and I think for a lot of what Amber Igidi has gone through uh, over her career, not lightly, not, not highly recruited and just developed over time. And Coach Chloe Baxter said it perfectly in, in the uh, meeting with the media early in the week that she's going to go down as one of the best middle blockers and arguably one of the best players to ever wear the Rainbow Wahine uniform. And just someone who yeah. wants to get better each and every day. And for somebody who just bought in, did the work, and she's just seeing the fruits of her labor continue to pile up here in, into her senior season. And I think you, you add you add the transfer portal with the Kendra Ham, a Talia Edmonds, and a Chandler Cowell, and a Kennedy Evans, and something that, you know, historically Hawaii hasn't done prior to head coach Robin Amo taking over was going into that transfer portal. Granted, it wasn't it wasn't like it is now as uh, it wasn't then what it is now. And I think for what Hawaii's been able to do to piece together, you know, people that may not have started here in Hawaii, but have been able to finish their career. Sure. They've been able to add pieces nicely to mesh them together and to, again, have an opportunity to make the NC2A tournament in a couple of weeks in, in next week, Saturday. Hopefully keeping that streak going and two more chances to see this great class and this great team. Tiff, thanks for talking Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. We'll look forward to the broadcast both Friday and Saturday night. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. Right on, right on, right on, right on. Tiff Wells with us on ESPN Honolulu. The the transfer portal isn't, uh, you know, comes up in conversation nowadays. Well, back in the day, we didn't have a transfer portal. No. Right? If no. you wanted to, you, you know, uh, when Shoji was here, if you wanted to you come to Hawaii, you'd have to sit out a year. So, you know, that's why the tra- the transfer portal is in effect for everybody, whether it's UH softball or, um, you know, all the sports. But uh, it's uh, it's tough to take. And I'm not, I don't want to whine about this, but it's tough to, you know what, you have up years and down years in all sports, right? But it's tough to go, hey, we went out and we're number two. I mean, we want the seeding and all of that. It's really the tournament that is going to make you know make a difference in Hawaii's season when we look back. Are we going but to you, go to the yeah. NCAA tournament or not? That's really what we – I mean, that's what we're used to, going to the NCAA tournament. When 29 you don't, in a row. When you don't, it hasn't – it's in the history of the program. It's only happened like twice where they haven't been to the tournament. So, anyway, hey, we root on the girls and especially root on the seniors too. It's just before 8 o'clock, our top stories – uh, coming up, Timmy Chang in about 20 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Last night I dreamt I was returning And my heart called out to you Hope you're having a great morning. Coach Timmy joining us in 20 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. It's game day for Rainbow Warrior basketball. For the Rainbow Warrior basketball team. I like Niagara them. is our opponent. What do we know about Niagara, Gary? 
They're 0-2 to start the season. Uh, they ah! played Notre Dame their first game and only lost 70-63. to So that's a close oh, wow. game against a pretty good Power 5 opponent. Notre Dame you know, has a new coach. Mike Bray is gone. So they might not be a top 25 team, but it's a formidable opponent. They're an ACC school. And for Niagara to stay that close shows that they've got talent there. They were picked near the bottom of the MAC in the magazines that I've seen, 10th, 11th place out of the 12 schools. So they're not perceived to be a good school. Hopefully the travel will affect them. I understand they've been here for a couple of days already, getting uh-huh. ready for this game. But uh, they look like a team that can hang with some schools on the road, and they've done that against Notre Dame. Okay, uh, let's give away those uh, volleyball tickets. Is this for Friday or uh, tomorrow or Saturday? It's for Long Beach State. Today and tomorrow is for, is for Long Beach State's match on Saturday, senior night. Okay, so if you want two tickets, call in right now at 808-296-1420. Uh, uh, line up the phone callers there, Tanner. Because it, we need somebody to tell us the nickname of Niagara. What's their nickname? Huh? I'll take one of two words, even. I'll give you a hint. One's a color. <laughs> okay, 808-296-1420. Let us know when you got somebody on the line. Uh, we continue with the uh, storylines for today. Rainbow Wahine basketball is uh, back at home. The Bank of Hawaii Classic starting up tomorrow. And they will play at 2.30 p.m. because there's volleyball at 7. They'll also play on Sunday. But they're playing a team in San Francisco that, according to Laura Beeman, the head coach, talking to her the other night, they're a team that is dangerous, and they love to run. They love to get in the transition. So that's going to be a challenge for Hawaii right away. She feels confident about her team, even though it's a tough road trip. And what I'm hearing is they are hopeful that Lily Wahine Kapa will be ready to play tomorrow. Jovi, no, though, right? Jovi's still out. Well, they're not saying that officially, but she hasn't played yet. And what Laura Beeman told us reading between the – well, what she told us last week is they're not going to rush some of those injured players from last year too quickly. Jovi yeah. Lafoto was one of them. I'm okay if Lily doesn't play as a fan. I'm think you know, I'm thinking, you know, Mountain West Conference or big play. West. That's, that's what's the most important here, not beating the San Francisco Lady Dons. True. Right? Yeah, it's all about conference play. Big West, though. All right, 808-296-1420. Okay, William is on the line. William, are you there? Hey, yeah, how you doing? Hi. Okay, Niagara, fill in the blank. Uh, oh, man. Niagara, what do they call? Uh, Give me a color. They're one, of them, one of the names is a color. Red? No. Ah, go Google it. Bully. Hey, what's up, Bully. Bull is next at 808-296-1420. The Niagara what? Ah. Two words. A little darker than red, I guess, is one way to put it. Okay. Okay, I'll give a hint. Purple. Purple something. And it's not the people eaters. 808-296-1420. The Niagara purple what? Back to our headlines. Uh, Senior weekend, as we just discussed with Tiff Wells, for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team trying to give away tickets right now uh, to go see them play Long Beach State Saturday. And one of the things that was really interesting, what Tiff told us, is that Hawaii does control their own destiny. Where if right now they're in a three-way tie for second through fourth, if they win both matches, they will finish in second. They will win the tiebreaker over anybody else. So that's good to know because then they would get a buy in that first round. So that's the position you want to be in at least at this time of the year that you control your destiny. You don't have to rely on others winning or losing. All right, Mary is calling in. It's the Niagara Purple. What? Hey, 
the Purple Eagles. The Purple Eagles. Good job by you, Mary. Congratulations. Hold on the line. We'll get your tickets to you. The uh, I was hoping somebody wouldn't say the Purple Dinosaurs because then they'd be all, let's go, Barney. <laughs> I was with Scott Robbs the other night, and we were trying to think of their nickname. I couldn't remember Purple Water. We were thinking of Purple People Eaters, but that's not a name for a basketball team. Oh, certainly not. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we've got a big-time uh, high school football happening this weekend. Uh, it's Campbell, Mililani, Punahou, Kamehameha. Uh, these are going to be great games. Oh, I mean, they're just going to be fantastic leading up to the championship next week. And for Punahou and Kahuku, they haven't played this year, where Campbell and Mililani uh, have. And Sterling Carvalho, the Kahuku head coach, joined us in the 6 o'clock hour. A couple of things that, of note of what he said is that Kaimana Carvalho is expected to be 100%. He was banged up in that game against uh, when Kahuku lost to Mililani in the OIA championship a few weeks ago. They've had a few weeks off, so that helps him. They haven't played Punahou yet, where a lot of these games in these tournaments are rematches, but he knows how dangerous they are. And, you know, they lose the OIA championship, so they fall to the number two seed. But as Coach told us, it's not that different in who they're playing in this first semifinal. It either would have been Campbell or Punahou. So both teams are very strong, and he kept talking about that. What it showed in that loss a couple of weeks ago is that there's great football spread throughout the state. It's not all about Kahuku, even though a lot of it is, and rightfully so, with what they've accomplished, especially this year. Right. Uh, he mentioned how much talent there is across the state, and he's concerned about Puno. He knows they got good quarterback play, good running game, and he is definitely concerned, but he's confident in his team. Yeah, he's confident. You have to, and you know what? He's a. That's what. You, you're not going to put them down. This is high school sports. You're not going to be all, yeah, you know, we've beat them so many times in the past, and we've done pretty well in the high school transfer portal, so we should be beating them. You're not going to hear that. Sterling Cavallio is a quality class act guy. Yeah. Isn't he? Yes. All right. Uh, also, the uh, uh, breaking news that happened this morning is that Washington State and Oregon State football have come up, or they're working on a scheduling agreement with the Mountain West Conference uh, for the next two years. Uh, the uh, And this has a lot to deal with the uh, TV contract for the Pac-12 ends at the end of this season. And the Mountain West Conference, whatever contract we have in the, in the MWC, that ends in 2025. So in two years, we don't know what football is going to look like for us. That's really what I'm getting out of this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad they have, are coming to this resolution finally because we've been wondering and hearing all the talk, and it makes sense right now for everybody, although I didn't expect it to be the two-year scheduling alliance, as they're calling it, but it makes sense. It's kind of a trial period. You wait for the TV contracts to be uh, over, and then you kind of start fresh and see where both sides stand. Uh, hopefully, they can stay together. I think it's stronger for the Mountain West if you get these schools quality-wise, not maybe the markets, but I think it'll help. Help. They're going to pay money to get in, $4 million, you said earlier, so Hawaii can get some extra money out of it and maybe have a little bit better right. scheduling when you have a team like that in Oregon State or Washington State every year, you for the next two said, years at least. You said the markets aren't so big. What did you say? For, yeah, for Pullman. For, the markets aren't that big for Pullman and Corvallis. Oregon. So it's not like they're gaining right. big markets, but you're getting two good football teams, which I think helps the Mountain West overall. Well, and you're also getting a very quality football team in Oregon State. That's what you're getting. Uh, I mean, you know, I'll bring up Nebraska again. Not a very big market, right? There's a lot of college towns that aren't very good markets. Boise is not a very big market. But, you know, I just hope that this doesn't end up being, 
okay, in 2026, there's a new Pac-12. It includes all of the teams in the Mountain West except Wyoming and Hawaii. That's the scary part. It is, and that's definitely a possibility. It sure is. Yeah. All right, Coach Timmy Chang joining us in 10 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. We've got Wyoming coming up. Uh, Hawaii looking for their fifth win of the season, their third Mountain West victory, and their second Timmy Chang era victory on the road uh, coming up against Wyoming. The weather uh, should be around the 50s from what we're hearing from Wyoming people last hour. So uh, Hawaii, if they can, I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders, playing with confidence. I heard Coach Timmy on the news the other day say, you know, everyone's saying, well, what is it? Is it coaching? Is it the play? Well, what, what, what happened? What clicked? He said they finally started playing for each other. You had mentioned uh, uh, that they had a players-only meeting at halftime of the game against Air Force to kind of, uh, you know, uh, regroup. Coaches, uh, you know, they, they stayed outside and, you know, played video games on their phones or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the coaches meet amongst themselves. The players are in the locker room. But he said that was it. And I thought that was crazy that that was the difference. What was the difference between all of this? The difference was they just started playing for each other. And they saw what uh, the success that that brings. Almost sounds like it was that simple, but it wasn't. But I'm glad they got to this point at some point during this season because I mean, you still could salvage a season, even though they weren't going to be eligible for a bowl, they weren't going to compete and play for a Mountain West championship this year. You could still play and accomplish some things. And over these last two weeks, they have. I was listening to the guys in the afternoon yesterday, and they uh, they were talking about a scenario where Hawaii does get into, and I think this was came from Tanner Hayworth. Is Tanner there? It, this came from Tanner. Because there's some kind of possibility, you know, that Hawaii gets to the Hawaii Bowl. It's a very ex- minimum possibility. Right. Again, as we said, it would be James Madison. would If they don't get enough bowl-eligible teams, James Madison would be the school they would go to first. And then Jacksonville State would also have a check. Because they're, they're in transition now. Now, both of those schools appealed the NCAA to be bowl-eligible. But it wasn't to be bowl-eligible in a game like we're talking about, being in with not enough bowl-eligible teams. They wanted to have a chance to get an automatic bid and maybe in the group of five playoff. Well, the group of five New Year's Bowl six game, excuse me, for especially for James Madison. They're the highest-ranked group of five school right now. But they, they were denied that appeal. So they're they hi- still they're go- higher than Notre Dame? Group of five. Oh, group of five. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. They, so they would go to that game, but they're not eligible for that. They were denied that by the NCAA. But they because can, they're in transition time? Yeah, and they're not, they're not bowl eligible. But even though they're not bowl eligible, they could still play in a bowl game if there aren't enough bowl eligible teams before a 6-7 and seven team would be considered. What's their record? They're undefeated, so it's like 10-0, and 0, I think. Oh, you just said they're not bowl eligible. Because they're, they're not, they're not allowed de- to be in a bowl. They're not bowl oh, eligible by the NCAA because it's being in transition. Well, you know what? Tough tooties. <laughs> I mean, come on, James Madison. Why this not is the rule try? everybody goes through. Yeah, but why That's not what's try? wrong with today. Hey, we'll follow the rules. Oh, but the rules don't pertain to us because because uh, look at our record. We're really good. Let's change the rule just for us. Well, they just stop for it. a waiver. No, stop. Sit down. You're lucky to be in this transition period. Respect the process like everybody else. You're James Madison 
for crying out loud. I mean, he's not even on a, any U.S. currency or anything. I mean, come on. <laughs> Good oh, point. I mean, come. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. All but, right. but anyway, so, I mean, maybe Tanner can expand on that, but that's what we were told about James Madison coming before a 6-7 and seven team if Hawaii were to finish 6-7. and seven. Tanner? All right. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, you basically explained it pretty well. Right now I think there are only 24 spots left open for bowl-eligible teams, so we would have to hope that at least 21 teams make it, and or at most 21 teams make to at least – six wins but you know looking at it there's a lot of five and five teams playing each other in the next two weeks so mm. it's going to be a very uh slim task or a slim chance but hey it's happened before so all right or we can just concentrating concentrate on beating wyoming this but week. you brought it up you well, brought to, up the bowl to, game chris that's to, all you ever do is talk bowl games to well to i have brought a chance it up because i brought it up because Yesterday afternoon, I was listening. I hope Pacheco's listening. I thought I was listening to Sports Talk back in 1992, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame. Let's sit around and cut down bowl games and why we have so many bowl games. Give me a break. Oh, my gosh. Bowl games are awesome. Bowl games are great for players. Bowl games are great for setting records. If you don't want, if you don't, uh, not records, goals. If you if you don't care about a certain poinsettia bowl or something, then don't watch. Well, there not, are too many. It, I agree. There's too many. No, no. But why? Why are because there too many? Because teams that aren't worthy if of being you're a rewarded. Player, if you're a okay, according to who? Me. Who makes up the rule of who gets to be rewarded or not? Well, when, who are you? Who are you to judge? what a team should get and what kind of, uh, you know, bowl they can go to, what kind of postseason play. Well, it's for the players. It's for the schools. It's for, but you... it's for the communities that get a lot of money uh, and, and for charities in their communities. I'd say that that's a pretty good reason to have a bowl game. No, If you no. think there's too much, don't watch. Well, again, go pick I up a hobby somewhere and do something else. Who are you else. to say there are enough bowl games? A. And my other point yeah, is because this. I just said it. It's for players, not fans. It's for the communities. It's for the charities. They can give the money anyway. Town. They don't need the bowl game to give out money to charity. That gener the bowl game generates the money, dum dum. Some of these bowl games don't generate a lot of money, bozo, and schools lose money on bowl games. If you would follow Name it. Name me one. Name me oh, one I, bowl I, I, game. I, Talk I, about a bowl game that yeah. loses money, not the team. The bowl game that loses well, but money. But it's all about Do you know players. how much money the Hawaii Bowl donates to charity every year? You're going to take that away? Some of these schools, even though I remember it was Ohio State and Virginia Tech lost money on a major bowl game years ago. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the teams. Listen closely. But that's part of what it, too. What bowl game loses money? None of them. I don't know. The if they... game itself loses okay. none. Back a few Zero. minutes ago when you said, who am I to say that there's too many? Well, I'm saying I, don't, I think there are too many. So in my opinion, there are too many, and that's the reason why. You're so grouchy, Gary. I'm not grouchy at all. I didn't call you dumb-dumb, but I'm thinking it. I'll watch a lot of them if I have nothing else to do, but I don't like the fact I say it in college basketball, too. You shouldn't be rewarded when you're 6-6, six and six, generally speaking. It's not like, wow, a 6-6 six and six team is playing another 6-6 six and six team in I'm the pinstripe saying, weed eater gator bowl. 
I don't care who wins. Again, because there's nothing like really that. as I far like as that. a reward the when you win. Weed Eater Gator Bowl. What are you playing for? Again, there's a lot of good things about, about again, bowl games, too, uh, Again, though. I'm just thinking bigger picture. There's a, I, I, I'm, I'm not thinking about, oh, a 6-6 six and six team gets rewarded. I, I'm not worried about... Uh, you know, who gets what, and it's unfair for this team and that team. Who are we to say? But let's have Timmy Chang. Uh, we'll jo- he'll join us next and maybe get his thoughts on that. As a coach, do you think there's too many bowl games, Coach? I dare you to ask that. Well, I know what I'll say. Uh, hey, you can catch UH football and NFL football and bowl games <laughs> at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl Open up early on Sundays. You can catch every single NFL game. Nothing worse than going somewhere and you go, hey, is the game on? Oh, we're not showing that game? Well, they got them all. Were you not? At 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar right there in the Pearl City Shopping Center. Great happy hours, too. Awesome menu. 850 is the home of the new video wall as well. It's the place for UH College and NFL football. Having a little problem with the phones. Call Hawaiian Telecom. Efforting to get Coach Timmy on the air here on ESPN Honolulu. Our conversation brought to you by BMW of Honolulu. So uh, we will uh, effort to get Coach Chang on uh, momentarily. Uh, Good conversations this morning. We invite you to text in. and You can call or text in. Fast kind, 808-296-1420. As we wait for uh, Coach Chang. We now know the most popular baby names of 2023. You see, for the past how many names in this country, the most popular name for a baby was Liam. I don't know any young children named Liam, but there's a lot, I guess. But there's a new champion now. The most popular name for a boy in 2023 is Noah. Noah. I like that. Noah I wonder is the most why. popular baby name for boys. Uh, people just copy other people, I guess. I don't know. Is there a no famous idea. Noah these days, either a singer or actors? Uh, he was he was in the Bible. Perhaps you ah, heard about the guy like the Noah. ark. Yeah, he was the guy that was the caretaker for the animals. I heard about him. Yeah, pretty good dude. He, you know, he did a lot of good stuff. Timmy Chang joins us now, brought to you by BMW of Honolulu on ESPN Honolulu. Hi, Coach. How's it going? How's it going, guys? Good morning. Timmy, great to have you on. Congratulations on the last couple of games. And we were talking earlier on the show and some of your recent comments about how the players started playing for each other, push the sled has become kind of a motto. Can you talk a little bit about how the team has really started to buy in and maybe things are starting to click like they have in the last couple of games? Yeah, sure. It, it, it's all about those guys. Um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a process. Uh, you know, really just starting from when I got, you know, when I got hired into this job, um, and, and seeing the roster and, and 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 understanding who we are as a team, understanding the lay of the land of 
especially our uniqueness here in Hawaii, uh, it, it just kind of it, it takes time. It, it really does. And the, the the thing about it is is that uh, with it, you know, I I, I I see things. Our coaches see things. Um, you know, we got a good coaching staff, and and really. It's 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 piece by piece on on trying to help our guys, um, you know, to become the best student athletes that they can, and um, you know, it's you know, we all come from different backgrounds. Uh, our coaching our coaching staff that we put together is just it's a winning staff, and and to win, you you got to kind of stay the process and and and, and work through things, and you got to put the right guys in the locker room, and you got to have you got to have the right energy and the right and the right things, and I think the last thing, you know, just coming off of UNLV and. Um, you know, we had a stretch down there, you know, tough, tough break against San Diego State. Didn't play at all well at New Mexico. And, um, you know, kind of the last piece is, is really just toughness and really mental toughness. Um, you know, the the team has to have that. It has to have that resilience of, of, of being tough-minded, um, going through hard times, um, never backing down. And so we we started implementing things in our in our schedule and our practice and what we talk about and and even subtraction of of, of of players as well you know that's all part of it and who you put around and who's in that locker room and so it's all part of it it's all part of of putting the right pieces in place and and then those guys really being player led and buying in and doing it for each other that's probably the ultimate uh, deal and so they're starting to do that and it's starting to show uh, the energy is really good. Um, and these guys are, are really enjoying themselves. Uh, we, we left Tuesday night to be here. We're in Fort Collins right now, um, down the street from Colorado State, but it's about an hour away from Laramie, and we're just doing our business and uh, scripting here. And the guys, you know, these, these are the things that they remember, the hotel, the long road trips, the sleeping in the airplanes, the bus rides, the practices, uh, the meetings. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll watch Band of Brothers tonight. I've always wanted to watch that with my if I ever had a team, I'd, wa- I'd want to watch the Banner Brothers series because you guys know how good uh, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg put on the show. And so, um, wow. you know, we're just 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 adding just adding different layers into uh, to our team building and who we are and, and what what Hawaii football is about and what the state can be proud of. Think- you know, one of the one of the great movies uh, too is uh, um, it was Godzilla versus King Kong. That might be another one. You know, <laughs> double feature. Going there. <laughs> Timmy, I think it says a lot about you as a coach. For the last several weeks before the winning streak, where Braden Shaker has been criticized by some, and you've been asked the question repeatedly and said, he's my starting quarterback, he's my starting quarterback, you have full confidence in him. And that says a lot, I bet, to the rest of the team, and we've seen how he has performed of late. How do you define or describe how he has turned things around and become a much better quarterback, running the football and everything that he's done over the last several games? You, you know what? Um, he... he Going into the the Air Force game, I mean, you know, I I, I couldn't have put more pressure on the kids. Um, and then just leading up to it, even to that Friday, um, you know, and you know, my, my mentor in June uh, told me that, hey, if you can handle it as a freshman and you can handle playing quarterback at University of Hawaii, you can handle anything. And and, and all the quarterbacks are like that, right? Rolo's like that, and Rolo came back and took the job and. And, and, you know, Colt was like that. And then Dan Robinson had to go through that. I mean, you know, Brian Moniz and on all these quarterbacks that played here at such a high level, you know, Cole McDonald had to go through that. They, they were, they, the quarterback position is so prized here at the University of Hawaii and so important that, um, you know, I, I put that type of pressure on him 
I never let him slack. I'll call him out on every single thing that he does. If he had a phone out in the meeting room, I'll call him out. And, you know, I, I just don't let, I, do, I don't let off on him. And, and that's because he can be great and he's, he's starting to do some things that are special. And, and then really, and in, in, in all we're asking him to do is just to distribute the ball, whether it's a run play, whether it's a pass play, you know, be a leader of the team, be a guy that can rally your locker room, get your guys to play for you, and just distribute the ball. And if he can do that at a high level, um, you know, we're, you've seen winning programs and teams here at the university, and, and that's all we're asking of them. Coach Timmy Chang with the Animals here on your official home for University of Hawaii Sports, ESPN Honolulu, brought to you by BMW of Honolulu. I think another interesting area of your team, and it's kind of amazing, the running back spot. Because you've had so many different starting running backs, and every time somebody either gets hurt or one player left the program, you plug in somebody else and they've gotten the job done. Landon Sims didn't start at the beginning of the season. Jordan Johnson didn't. And even last week we saw David Cordero with some impressive runs. How have you guys been able to put different guys in that role and still have the success that they've had? Yeah, I think um, you know. I think it's just a step by step process. As as that running back room, as young as they are, first time guys playing, right? They got you got first time guys playing at old line. You know, um, you got first time guys playing at receiver. I mean, the running back room is no no different. You know, and even in far as far as installing the offense, you know, I chose to go, you know, with the gut with 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 putting in the run and shoot and putting in the four receiver spread, um, playing with tight end, and, and then we lose our tight end. And, and 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 it and it really makes us go to full receiver and and then now you're starting to see um you're starting to see the run game pick up a little bit and um and and it's and the, the run and shoot starting to have a balance to it and especially with the, the stretch that we're going down right now um you know you know um, going back to UNLV um San Diego State San Jose State New Mexico and even these last teams I mean to beat an Air Force team you have to be efficient you got to be as efficient. As, as the the most efficient team in the country. And so, you know, the run game and those running backs have really done a good job. Um, the O-line has really done a good job. Um, and and it's, it's everybody needed, right? And so even the, the next two games, you know, trying to beat a 6 old team at home, um, you know, the, these guys have got to be efficient. And uh, as well as, you know, getting Colorado State back at home, that's another team that we have to be efficient again against. And so um, we're, we're in it right now. And, uh uh, we got to try to go and go out here and go get this win. Talk about the defense, and you talked about the Air Force game. I mean, a team that led the country in rushing, and they were kind of held in check. Talk about how the defense has really stepped up. Yeah, they're starting to play really together. There, um, if, if you watch our sidelines and you watch uh, you watch the guys not in the game, um, you know how important uh, these stops are. And again, uh, playing for each other and, and doing it sacrificing, you know, and doing your job so somebody else can make the play. They have really, really embraced it. I mean, I can't say enough. If you want to if you want to have fun on a Saturday um, when we get back home next week, why don't you watch our sidelines and, and watch when defense is on. I mean, these guys are chanting. Uh, they got sayings. They got songs. They got, you know, <laughs> we, got, we got money on third down. They're putting up the money sign. I mean, it is, it is a full-blown – um, energized synergy deal that's going on, and and that's that's why they're playing. I mean, they're they're doing it for each other. I mean, you can't say that you saw that at UNLV. You can't say that you saw that in New Mexico. But there's a there's a switch that went on, and, uh, and there's a buy-in, and there's, there's a there's a level of uh, of respect that they have for each other, and not wanting to let the other guy down. 
You heard the news, I'm sure, this morning. Excuse me. You heard the news this morning about the uh, scheduling alliance between Washington State and Oregon State with the Mountain West. Your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? They, you know, I, I don't really have a thought to, to kind of put on in public. Um, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. Right on. Hey coach, uh, whole state is behind you. Good luck this weekend. Stay warm. We'll see you soon. Bring back a trophy. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you for, right. uh, for bringing me onto the animals. You know, I always love the show. Right on. All right, Thank thanks, you. Timmy. Good luck. Coach Timmy right, here on ESPN Honolulu brought to you by BMW of Honolulu. And uh, we'll have some thoughts on this coming up. We'll get your traffic report and then take some texts as well at 808-296-1420. Big game coming up, Hawaii and Wyoming, 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. Hey, folks, you can catch the next episode of The Student Section, brought to you by the new student leasing program, from Auto Source Carousel. Now listen in, coming up on Tuesday, Cole Mousolf and Miss Hawaii star Doll Thurston are going to be uh, chatting it up with uh, some state champs from Kamehameha, Adriana Arquette and Emma Lilo. Also, University of Hawaii softball standout, Mayalia Bethea. She's the biggest power hitter in the Big West. Also, her teammate Piper Neri will be along there at Auto Source Carousel at the corner of Kapiolani and Keiamoku. It's brought to you by Autosource and Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Man, so much going on this week, and it's going to be even crazier next week on campus at the University of Hawaii. If I'm a student and I have the option of Zooming, I'm just Zooming. I don't know if they do that in classes. If you can say, hey, I want to be there in person, I want to Zoom. Do you have a choice, Tanner? And, no. And, and you're, you don't have a choice? No. Why? Yeah, why not? Why? Be- because, What's the problem? Because you either choose a class that is in person or you choose a class that's asynchronous. It's actually, it's actually really tough on the professors to both handle an online and an in-person class at the exact same time. Wow. So you do have a choice then. You can you can do something no, online. Well, yeah, but you make that decision when you register for that course. You can't have it mixed. No. Because it's too well, you hard can because Professor Bob. Have you tried? Not lately. You tried college. <laughs> I just give it. I'm just teasing. Why don't they go on strike? Why don't you guys go on strike like Starbucks? Starbucks went on strike today. Did you see that? I didn't know that, really. Front page, Star Advertiser website. Uh, something like 200 Starbucks stores. They want, they're forming a union. And I guess today is a big deal. It's Red Cup Day. I so read Red that Cup earlier. Day is where they give away Red Cups or something. It's a very popular day. What is it? Yeah, these guys went on strike last time, and sales were up 12%. So even though they're on strike those poor guys uh it didn't hamper sales for starbucks last time they did this so what is red cup day do you know i don't know i don't go to starbucks that much oh tanner knows red cup day so basically what red cup day is if you order a holiday drink and you get it in like the reusable red cup you get a discount and usually because i will say formally as an employee it's one of the most stressful days of the year <laughs> oh, no. because you have the biggest influx of customers and they're still expecting you to make your drinks at the exact same time, even though the store is completely full at the exact same time as people are ordering like 
40 mobile orders at the same time. I despise Red Cup Dev uh, as an employee. Maybe that's why those people went on strike. It's I don't not blame about more money or, yeah. or, or any bargaining or, or fair pay or whatever. Wow. It's, hey, you know what? Red Cup stay. Let's go on strike. The people were commenting how busy they were at some other stores. Okay, the mainland, so you get a Red Cup, and then later when you bring it back, you get a discount? No. Is that the deal? It's only on Red Cup Day. That's what makes everyone come a, in on Red Cup Day. My wife has a green cup. What, what does the green cup do? She was washing it out. It gives you a 10-cent discount on all uh, bring-your-own cups. Well, it's good for the earth. Look at it that way, right? I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I mean, hey, the less, uh, the, you know, if you haven't noticed, we're going hurling into the sun any moment now. This is crazy. The show it's you mean even, or it's the not earth? Even, it's not even you and me. It's our parents. <laughs> Look what you did to the earth. <laughs> they, oh my they started it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to end it as well. My poor grandkids. Well, hey, it's a cool day today. It's only 96. <laughs> Let's go to the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Somebody has a question for you, and this might be a question for Josh as well. Uh, it says, hey, Gary. On the UH Baseball Facebook page, they mention a fall World Series for the weekend. What's that? A scrimmage between the team or are they playing other teams? It's free, but no food will be for sale or allowed in. Any other info? Yeah, I just saw that headline, and I didn't know much more about it. From what I uh, I think I remember reading also, I didn't see any like University of Hawaii players necessarily mentioned there. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's obviously college or high school players and it's some kind of a annual tournament that they have, but I, I'm not exactly sure who is participating, but I did see the headline and that was it. Okay. For the facts, let's go to Tanner Hayworth at the news desk. Tanner. So what the fall world series is, this is something they've done the last couple of years is they take, I think four captains from the Hawaii baseball team and they basically hold an in program fantasy draft of the entire team. And then they'll use this weekend to kind of play against each other. And the one team will be crowned the uh, uh, the Fall World Series champ. So it is all, only UH? Yeah, it's only players? UH, okay, okay. but it's all UH versus UH. And I can't remember who won last year, but I remember UH. it kind of. Yeah, but I just remember <laughs> them being very hyped up for it. Oh, well, good for them. I hope they enjoy themselves. I hope that. And it's uh, free, so. Yeah. It's free, but uh, don't come, you know, make sure you drink a lot of water before you get in. Well, bring your like, red cup. No, can't bring your own food. Can't uh, you know? Can't uh, can't do the food thing. But uh, anyway, that's cool. Thank you very much. I hope that person is still listening. Uh, Gary and I were having a debate, and says sometimes people. I said let's agree not to, let's just agree to disagree. Uh, and then he says uh, sometimes people don't just agree to disagree. Instead, they fire the guy they know like. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for well, chatting for that. in. Yeah, thanks for the contribution. Okay, this is a good one from Kimo. Kimo's a smart texter. Uh, a Pac-2 and Mountain West scheduling alliance makes it very imperative for Hawaii to do well in 2024 and 2025. Hawaii's football future rests on the next two years. Hawaii winning the WAC in 2010 helped Hawaii's chances to get into the Mountain West. Similar scenario in play today. Hawaii does not have a lot to offer. A winning Hawaii football program will accentuate the overall value Hawaii brings to the table. And it's something I've been saying for years. 
is that one of the people that we should be thanking that this football program is still in existence is Coach Greg McMacken and his staff. For for if it wasn't for them, Rocky Freitas is not getting Hawaii into the Mountain West Conference. If Hawaii was one and twelve or you know two and eleven or something like that, Hawaii's an independent. Hawaii was coming off a whack cha- a co-whack championship, so of course they were invited into the Mountain West Conference. We have Coach Mack to think for, uh, thank for that. I'm hoping in a couple of years this is the way it goes down in UH football history that we got Coach Chang to thank for this. I hope so, too. I think also the fact that Hawaii had to pay money for the travel subsidy, I should say, uh, had something to do with it. But, yeah, the fact that they were a successful team at that time. Can you imagine if it was at that time when, I don't want to bring it up in a way, but when Norm Chow's three and a half years and their record, that might not have been as attractive to the Mountain West. Uh, here's some a bunch of sad face emojis. Tanner knows more than you two combined. Tanner wrote yeah, that. so. So. <laughs> and your point is... <laughs> It's 8.47 here with the animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. want to invite you to join the Off the Bench crew, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes, coming up Tuesday from 3 to 6 at Maui Brewing Company in Waikiki. It's the official headquarters of the All-State Maui Invitational. This is where um, the Jimmy Buffetts or whatever used to be on the second floor. Yes. Uh, On that hotel. So check it out. Uh, There'll be live music. They got food and drink specials. They got prizes. Of course, uh, live broadcasts of the games going on. And plenty of ice cold brew from Maui Brewing Company. That's also the official beer of the All-State Maui Invitational. So go on down and join the boys in Waikiki on Tuesday. We'll be right back to wrap it up on ESPN Honolulu. You know, I got to hand it to the uh, the uh, organizers of the All-State Maui Invitational, what they've had to deal with, uh, with moving an entire tournament and television, uh, you know, presentation from Maui to Honolulu in a short amount of time and uh, having it at the Stan Sheriff Center. It's, d- it's during the weekdays, so we already know that, the, you know, parking is, parking is not going to be available uh, you know, you can take shuttles from Waikiki or the convention center, uh, or you can just Uber it, you know, or, you know, I mean, if you can park somewhere in McCulley and just walk over, uh, that might be, you know, an, an option that a lot of people uh, want to do. So there's no uh, parking Monday through Wednesday. Um, they're only going to be allowing UH students and staff into the structure. Now, um, there's no parking on lower campus. I didn't realize this until... Uh, Dave Kawada from uh, Nakoa uh, sent us this. Uh, I didn't realize this, but uh, there's no parking uh, in the parking structure for the women's basketball game on Saturday because if there's football that night, there's not enough time to allow general parking, clear it, and then football parking uh, to process. So that's unfortunate for Beeman and her ladies. It's like uh, we got football that night, so on Friday – no, that's Saturday. On Saturday's game, no parking. Why don't you let both sports park? But you said Saturday, right? Yeah. There's no Saturday. But Hawaii doesn't play on Saturday. They play Friday and Sunday. 
Well, that's very Hawaii uh, basketball, women's basketball. Women's basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Next week, Saturday. Well, Thanksgiving Thank weekend. Okay. Uh, Eleven twenty-five. So there's a football home yeah, game for UH because there's no football this weekend either. Well, there's other but, uh, next yeah, right, Saturday right. on the twenty-fifth. Uh, that no parking if you're going to the Wahine game. Why can't you go? Why can't both sports get to park? I guess because they're probably sold out with the people that have prepaid parking for football. That thing is empty. Even when we had 10,000 fans, there were a lot of empty spaces. Well, last week there, it wasn't that empty. It was actually pretty full. It was the fullest I've seen it. Uh, right, but it's not. But there are available stalls. Anyway, I don't know. I just, okay, I understand it. But it's unfortunate that yeah, we're running into yeah. these parking problems. Right. And, again, it's, you know, it's scheduling. It's tough to schedule, right? So you got to – it's like parking is an afterthought. Now, on Saturday, I guess you can – you I'm I'm wonder if Dave is listening or anybody, period. <laughs> if, if, if there's upper campus parking available. Yeah. That that's happens. just lower campus. Is there upper campus – it's a Saturday, so is there upper campus parking available for the for uh, the Wahine basketball game? And they've done that for different events where they'll, they'll shuttle people down from upper campus. Oh, do they do that for football too? Well, not for the football. They did it for the Clippers game, I think, last time oh. they were here, stuff like that. So they have that capability. You would hope that maybe some of those fans could park up there. Yeah. Or if you're like an Uber guy, just Uber people. I know it's only a, you know, a short fare, but hey. For, do it for tips. The personal shuttle, almost. Yeah. But that's always the case. Thanksgiving right. weekend, there's always so many games going on. You have volleyball, football, and, of course, women's and men's basketball. So there's always got to be somebody, at least one team playing, it seems like, every night, every day. Right. And now uh, you have the uh, the added is the, uh, you know, the All-State Maui Invitational. So it's yeah. just this extra thing, which is exciting. I mean, if I if you, like, say you live across the street from UH, you can just go to everything and just walk home. Yeah, maybe maybe it's an Airbnb you want to rent out somewhere in Manoa. I, I'm not sure, but uh, anyway, all right. Hey, thanks to uh, Timmy Chang for uh, coming on today. Uh, do we have Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy on at 12 noon today? And uh, we will check our local listings. Also, uh, off the bench with uh, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. That's on uh, later. We'll see you tomorrow here with uh, more tickets to give away too on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody.